I'm no stranger to prison. I've worn shackles of loneliness and chains of desperation, even an orange jumpsuit of shame. What about you? Do you know what it's like to be incarcerated? I think you just might. My name's Melissa Foley. I pray with people every day, and I watch God heal them. While praying with an ex-convict recently, I asked him to tell me what life was like in prison. He said, Melissa, it's hell on earth. Men full of anger and rage. He said, it's so unsafe. The goal is just to make it through the day. And some don't even know how to take care of themselves. And so they may not shower for a month or their teeth might be falling out. He said, the pain and darkness is overwhelming. And that's when it hit me. I've been in prison, a different kind of prison, but it's the same hell. Like me, you know what it's like to be trapped in unforgiveness or anger. You may have even experienced what it's like to just try to make it through the day. Or you may not know how to take care of yourself very well. There are parts of you that just might be locked up whether that's physical or mental or even spiritual. But friends, the cell door is open and you're free to go. But do you know what is keeping you trapped in your prison cell? There's many things, okay? I see many things. But I have discovered lies that we believe about God that can keep us captive. Your beliefs become an undercurrent that drive your behavior. You may not realize that, even if you don't, it still happens. So allow me to show you three lies and three truths about God, and you never know, it just might set you free. Lie number one, God can't forgive me. A man came to me for healing prayer because he was struggling with some painful childhood memories. So we slowly made our way through his story, and right at the very end, he shared with me a secret, a secret sin that he had never shared with anyone before. When that secret moved from darkness into the light of day, I'm telling you what, the grace of God broke through that man's heart and he started crying out to God for forgiveness for this atrocious sin. I watched the father run to this man. His tears went from deep sorrow to relief and then to just overwhelming joy and his sobs, through his sobs, he was whispering, I don't deserve to be forgiven like this. Ah, oh, I remember sitting there thinking, God forgives so effortlessly. When we sin, it makes us want to hide from God. It makes us want to hide from each other. But the moment we turn our hearts toward God for forgiveness, he's already running to you. He's already running. He's like an Olympian of grace and mercy 
Ah, St. Faustina uses the word incomprehensible to describe the mercy of God. It is. It's incomprehensible. So let's look at the lie. The lie is God can't forgive me. Now you may say to me, Melissa, I already know that. I already know God can forgive me. But I just want to challenge you a little tiny bit. Is there a person in your life that you're wondering if God can forgive? What's the truth? We're going to pull the truth straight from Scripture. You know where it's going to come from? The prodigal son. Do you remember in the prodigal son? It says this line. When the son was a long way off, the father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. The father ran to the son, embraced him, and kissed him. Line number two. God doesn't know me. A young woman came to healing prayer because she, she had PTSD from an event that happened years ago. She relayed to me that she was out one night with her girlfriends at a bar, and they decided to leave, and they all went together, which is great, to the car. But the car was parked in a dark parking lot. The driver was searching for her keys, and um, a group of men came out of the shadows and started to taunt and grope the young women. But thankfully, the driver found her keys, the young women jumped in the car, and they drove away to safety. Thanks be to God. But you can imagine how scary that was for this young woman, right? We entered into prayer, and I asked the Holy Spirit to take her back to the scene that night. And I invited her to look for Jesus. He's always with you. At first, she didn't want to tell me what she saw. It's kind of strange. But eventually, she said, oh, no, I see Jesus very clearly. He's standing under a distant streetlight, and he's wrapped up. He's bound like a mummy in rags. And she said, I can see Satan standing right next to him, taunting him. And I can hear what he's saying. He's saying, I won. She's mine. She's afraid every day now. You think you're winning, but I'm the one that's winning. She has no freedom. And she can hear what he's saying, right? Immediately in her memory, she remembers being in the back seat of the car, driving away. So she turns around in her prayer and looks out the back window to catch a glimpse of Jesus once again. And when she makes eye contact with Jesus, a smile comes across his face. At that, her whole demeanor changed. She sat straight up, opened her eyes, and she's like, wait, wait. The enemy thinks he's winning, but he's not winning. I'm the one driving away. I'm the one that's going to freedom. And then tears started flowing down her face, and she said, I never knew Jesus died for me until right now. Isn't that the truth? Sometimes we might know it here, but we haven't, we don't know it, you know? And they say that this is the greatest distance in the world, head to heart. How would your life change today if you knew that God knows you? You see, there's a reason Jesus was showing himself bound. 
I asked her, did you feel bound by this event in your life? And she said, bound is the one word I use consistently to describe how I felt. Jesus is not random. He's not random. When he's showing himself bound, he's communicating to her, I know you. I know how you feel. I don't just know how you feel. I feel with you, but I also feel for you. And that's when she realized he wanted to make an exchange with her. The invitation was this. If you give me your feeling of being bound, I'll give you freedom. And she took it. She said yes. And she's free to this very day. So let's look at the lie again. God doesn't know me. What's the truth? Well, the truth is scripture obviously is filled with answers to this, with responses to this lie, right? But I'm going to give you an easy one. Psalm 139 says, Lord, you've searched me and you know me. Lie number three. God's not going to be there when I need him. A young man came to um, healing prayer because he was struggling with his relationship with his father. And because it was one of the first times we prayed together, I asked him, is there a place that you like to go to in your prayer? And he's super excited, was like, oh, actually, yes, there is. I have a one-room log cabin in the woods. <laughs> and I was like, okay, sounds about right for a young man. He said there's a big fireplace in the center and the fire's blazing and there's two different chairs on either, this, either side of the fireplace. A rug in the center, the lights are dim, it's real cozy. And I said, well, where are you in this cabin? He said, well, I'm sitting in one of the chairs. He said, by the way, it's raining outside and I can see lightning flashing through the window. I inquired, where's Jesus with you? He said, oh, Jesus isn't here. I'm all alone. Jesus is always with you. So I waited. All of a sudden, his face changed, and he got this real quizzical look on his face, and he said, wait a second. I think I hear someone knocking at the door. <laughs> I kid you not. He did not see this coming. Do you see what's coming? He did not see what's coming at all. <laughs> I said, well, would you like to answer the door? And he said, well, yeah, actually I would. I want to see who's there. So he goes over to the door, and as he answers the door, the image of Jesus comes into focus. And he said, it's Jesus. Jesus is at the door. He said, but he's standing in the rain, and he's soaking wet. I think he's been out here a really long time. He said, but you need to understand something. It's really important. He's not mad. He's not frustrated with me. He's not angry with me at all. He's happy. He's so happy that I just opened the door. And that's when he started to realize that <laughs> the idea that all the struggles and difficulties that he was having with his father, Jesus was there all along. He was there all along waiting for an invitation to come into the problem. 
How would your life change right now if you knew that God waits for you? What's the lie? God won't be there when I need him. You're going to love this truth so much. Do you know the truth already? It comes from Revelation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and answers the door, I will come in his home. I'm not sure what's going on in your life right now. I can imagine because, believe it or not, we share very similar struggles. Maybe your marriage is in trouble. Perhaps you're feeling pain, physical pain, emotional, spiritual. Maybe addiction has a stranglehold on your life. Maybe pornography is consuming you. Is it money problems, job problems, kid problems? They keep us up at night, don't they? Perhaps your past is creeping up on you. There might be places in your life where you feel stuck, overwhelmed, maybe imprisoned. But friends, the cell door is open and Jesus waits for you happily at the threshold to set you free. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.